the most growth and learning that happens is through failures, is through mistakes that happen. Obviously, nobody wants to make the big, huge mistake. But sometimes in your career, if you make that mistake once, guess what? You're going to be way better the next time because you learned that lesson the hard way. Welcome to the Optimize Podcast, brought to you by Visible Thread. We bring you the best and latest insights for everything from government contracting on topics such as BD, capture, proposal management, and business writing. Every series of Optimize is hosted by an expert in their field who brings their expertise and real-life experience to each episode. This podcast series is hosted by Ton Wilson, president of Intellect. Ton is a renowned GovCon influencer who has spearheaded business processes and bid strategies that have clinched contracts worth over $150 billion to her clients. She is a bid strategist, executive coach, mentor, Marvel and DC enthusiast, and self-proclaimed bourbon lover. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on wherever you are listening. Now let's join Ton on this episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another Optimized Podcast. Today, we dive into the challenges of balancing entrepreneurship demands while embracing motherhood and family. As some of you who know me or have followed me for the past 18 plus years, I'm more than just the president of intellect, but rather a fiercely vocal and loud lacrosse and sports mom to Henry, my 13-year-old, who is my mini-me. My life is a revolving door of sports and business travel, but I wouldn't change it for the world. We find ourselves weaving through many roles each day from being a patient or sometimes not so patient, nurturing parent to transforming into a decisive, resilient entrepreneur. We wear many hats and the transitions are nothing short of a well-hearsed dance. Today, we'll talk to a phenomenal woman and industry expert, Martha Ellison, president and CEO of M923. She's a dynamo who has gracefully grown from being a client to a consultant, and now a revered colleague in my industry. As a mother of five, Martha encompasses a spirit that doesn't bend in the face of challenges. Her story is not just one of entrepreneurship and motherhood, but of relentless pursuit, a yielding love, and a robustly holistic approach to success. So grab a drink, whether it's coffee, tea, bourbon, or wine, you never know what's in my Yeti, and take a moment for yourself and join us as we explore, empathize, and celebrate the unsung victories of every parent and entrepreneur. I know many of you listen will be nodding and seeing a reflection of your own stories and ours. So welcome to Two MDB Moms, A League of Their Own. So welcome, Martha, to our show. You and I have known each other for decades now, first as a client and then working together as a consultant and now as a colleague and what, who I would call a really good friend. So tell us briefly about yourself, why you start your business, and the really inspiring name, M923. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It is a pleasure to have an opportunity to sit with you and talk about things that we talk about all the time in you know, our regular day-to-day -day life. Um, I am Martha Ellison, born and raised here in Northern Virginia. Uh, where I have lived my whole life. I've, I've never left. I'm one of the uh, few who... True Virginians. True Virginian. There's not a whole lot of us. Um, I, so career-wise, if I were to go back to the beginning, graduated college in the year 2000 and started working for a large government contractor very shortly thereafter. 
Um, really enjoyed my time, immediately went and found myself as a contracts assistant, right? You want to talk about starting at the lowest of the low. My first job was really as a contracts assistant for a large government contractor. And it was just one of those things that I went to school. I was a, a majored in communications, um, did not plan to go into this line of business as so many of us. You know, I think we, I've chatted with many people who have similar stories. Um, so worked for the large business for about six years. And then, right, as many women and parents face when you have your first child trying to figure out, okay, what does that mean? Where do I go from here? So had six great years at that company uh, where I really became an expert, moved up from my contracts assistant role to a senior contracts administrator in that six-year period and really thrived, learned, you know, government contracts inside and out and and learned the inside and out of government pricing as well. I really enjoyed my experience there. But having my first child, I thought, oh, my goodness, there is no way I could continue on this corporate path. You know, I was having great success, really doing well, but I sort of had to assess at what cost. So at that point, for me, you know, it took a lot of soul searching and a lot of trying to find the right uh, balance and the right structure for me. Uh, I opted to go to a part time route for a period of time. So, Mm -hmm. you know. As I went into the the many different stages of parenthood, it led to this just self-discovery and this path of trying to find out what else is out there. I very much enjoyed my large business life. I very much enjoyed that corporate experience. But really having my kiddos is what helped me sort of create this other world that I didn't even know existed. So I left um, my corporate job at the large business, went to work for a small business for a number of years that was very flexible and family friendly. And it was a delightful experience. We had super supportive management team. It was great. So I think it was after the birth of my fourth child that you and I met um, back in 2013. I think it was like about 10 years ago uh, where I really started getting involved more in the consulting life. And I just loved it. You know, as somebody who just really enjoys learning new things and new opportunities, it was for me from the moment I started it. Yeah. So that was so that was sort of the path that led me to this new opportunity of, wow, could I do this myself on my own? So at that point, I had been in contracts management and administration and pricing for about 12 years. Um, and that was when I decided to essentially start taking the leap to work for myself. Yeah, um, it's it's I'll nice when you have point. it's nice when you have balance and support. Um, you know, it, not it only is nice when you have balance, and that's the ever elusive thing for all of us to find, right? Yep, yep. It's the the never ending quest for balance. So, you know, before we get into our main topic of discussion here, because I've got so many different things that we want to talk about, and um, you and I have like I call you for. A 10 minute quick conversation that turns into an hour and a half later. So time flies when we really do get together. But, you know, let's before we get into the main discussion, let's think back about, you know, your college days. And I just celebrated my 30th college reunion um, this year, which I just can't even begin to fathom that. But how do you think those late nights and long days and nights of college kind of prepared you for like your, your business or did it prepare you at all? 
Well, I think, right, lack of sleep, that's one, right? Yes. You know, the late all-nighters in college that we would do. Or I think probably what I really learned is I am someone who functions on sleep. I don't do well with with not a lot of sleep. So Polar you opposite of me. me. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the early morning one and you're the late night one always. Um, but no, I was always the one in college that I was like, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. Nothing good is going to happen. I'm just going to take a cab and go home. And my friends will be like, where'd she go? Because I needed my sleep. Party stars started beginning. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. No, I was the uh, life doesn't start until 1 a.m. So and it's it's still to this day kind of like that. So, you know, the so the fun doesn't stop because every day being a parent, it's it's like, you know, waiting to see whether or not you're going to win the Powerball lottery. Um, we live on the edge. Uh, life is full of unexpected small victories classic mom fails. Trust me, so many mom fails sometimes for the mommy guilt. Um, you know, share with us maybe a something invaluable that you learned from one of your mom fails that kind of helped in your business. I think if you, well, I would say that the probably the biggest lesson I learned is don't take yourself too seriously. You know, it really, at the end of the day, you're going to make mistakes. And that's just part of the process of being a human being. And forgive yourself and give yourself grace in those moments. I can think of one specific, actually two specific examples that jump out at me. Things that, right, mom fails that you learn that then carry over into the A, not taking yourself too seriously, or B, just really being your authentic self, which is very important to me. Um, I remember one of my kids, it was, actually, I remember exactly, it was my son, Cooper, who's now 14. It was the day before his first day of kindergarten. I was pregnant with my fifth. And I got a call from the teacher the day before to introduce us and to give us very clear instructions of, you know, this is the sticker you need to put on his bag. I can't remember if I think it had been mailed to us. And so put it on his bag so we know how he goes home the first day of school, literally the day before. OK. And I was like, great. I got this. No problem. I'm well, all guess over what it. I what did I forget the first day of school? I completely forgot to put this tag on my kindergartner so that he knew which bus to get on. So they knew how to send him home. And I was like, you know, I guess it's just best that this teacher knows who I am right from the start. No sense putting on airs, right? Just going to mess up from day one and own it. Um, the good news is he did. He did make it home. Yeah. So, no, and I think that's I think that's so key. Right. Um, and, and it's so hard to teach the young professionals is that you're going to mess up and sometimes you're going to mess up really bad and you have to really kind of own it, um, sit and understand the discomfort or maybe the consequence of what you did and move on, dust yourself off and move on. Because if you strive for perfection, you will fail at every single turn. Um, and so I like to always say, be kind to yourself, right? Be kind to others and be kind to yourself because you might actually be in that situation another time. So absolutely. And I think you the the most growth and learning that happens is through failures, is through mistakes that happen. Obviously, nobody wants to make the big, huge mistake. But sometimes in your career, if you make that mistake once, guess what? You're going to be way better the next time because you learned that lesson the hard way and it really sticks with you and resonates with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I always kind of equate starting a business as like raising and birthing your own child. And it's, you know, our, our business is our baby. We, you know, a lot of people feel that way. We talk about that. Um, and so can you dive in a little bit? Um, I know that you, in, in your intro, 
Um, there are a couple of motivating factors why you started your business. Um, but what are you really hoping to kind of do besides provide top-notch support for your customers? Is it financial security? Is it more flexibility? And I, I think as your business matures, it does kind of evolve a little bit. Um, so what really kind of, you know, sparked sparked that, that like, what was that pivotal moment that you're like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to go out and hang that shingle um, because it, it takes a lot of courage to do that, especially when you're coming from a corporate world. Absolutely. And I think for me, it was a combination of factors. I always enjoyed working. I have always enjoyed the challenge of learning new things. So going from that large business corporate world where you, you become um, a subject matter expert in a very specific area to then transferring to a small business where you get to wear a lot of different hats, which I found really appealing. You know, I was I, I, I was very grateful to have had the expertise early in my career so that I had something that I was really good at. But now to be able to take those skills and expand on them was appealing to me. So I think what really drove it for me from, well, I, I probably two or three reasons, but the, the number one thing is I love to learn new things. To me, the idea of hanging my own shingle, finding my own clients to do the work that I find interesting was wildly appealing to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Second of all, though, the flexibility, having that flexibility as my family grew to take the work that I wanted to do and to do the things that I wanted to do was fantastic. So one thing I think that really just helped me take the leap was you need to do an assessment and a reality check of what your skills are, right? It, it isn't for everybody, to your point. It takes a lot of courage, and I think it takes a certain kind of personality. So if you need everything to be stable and predictable and everything all the time, it might not be the life for you. But if you enjoy the excitement and the adventure of learning new things on a flexible schedule, you know, according to what you're interested in, I think just from a life satisfaction and value, it is just an amazing uh -huh. thing. So, yeah. so, so to, to your point, why did I do it? It was a combination of things. I love learning new things. I love the flexibility for my family that it afforded, you know, and it's just the freedom, you know, to, to be able yeah. to pick and choose and to do the work that the work that you like doing, because I think when you're doing the work that you're passionate about, you're going to deliver great value to your clients. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that is very attractive and, and why you and I are so attracted to working together is that we both bring that same excitement, that same passion to what we do. And it resonates through our work product and our customers really, you know, uh, find that as a um, one of the intrinsic values that we bring. Not only are we, you know, steep in understanding our industry, that we're technically competent people that, you know, that we're subject matter experts and, um, and, and, and really have produced wonderful results for our customers, but that we have that's constant need. Um, I was going to say like a super competitive need, right? Like you and I are so, so competitive people that you would think that two competitive people put together would be uh, explosively, you know, uh, you know, against each other, but we oh. are super competitive together, which is, I think, pretty fantastic combination. Well, and I would say too, yes, wholeheartedly, yes, I agree with you. And I think part of what makes us working together so great is we have different areas of expertise, right? So we bring that same passion, 
and that same vision, but in a slightly different line of work, which allows it to be very complementary. So I think that is a big component of why we've been able to work well together. Well, and you are, to me, very inspiring in your need to always be a better person, always to understand the industry better. Um, You are a much better learner than I am about things. And so I'm constantly learning from you about things in the industry, things that, you know, I would have never have thought to even ask questions about. Um, and, And so that that whole need to always kind of, you know, learn more, be more, be better. Um, and one of the things that I really like about how you've grown your business is that you're very intentional and very strategic. Your business has kind of morphed. Your your values have morphed. We've talked about that a lot. So talk to me about like, you know, do you wake up one morning and be like, I'm just going to strategically do this? Or do you ponder for, you know, like days, weeks, months about this? Because you have a path that you want to take your business and it's, yeah. It's it's a very commendable path and it's so disciplined that sometimes I'm like, oh, I need I need to learn more because I'm not as disciplined as you are about this. Well, I will say um, I have to be disciplined, right? You know, that is one of the challenges that I have with having this large, awesome, rambunctious family that I have is I do have to be very intentional with the time that I have. So it is very important to me each year I'm mapping out, okay, what are my goals for my business this year? What am I hoping to learn? What am I hoping to be? Where do we want to go next with the business? Absolutely. Because for me, I don't have the time to right, get, get down a path and be like, oh, I, I, this is not the right path for me. I got to back up and, and, and realign. I can do it, but I find for me, it works much better if each year I'm sort of saying, okay, these are the top three things I want to try to accomplish this year. And yeah, I think discipline is a huge component of it for me. Um, I have this very regimented morning routine. I'm huge into this personal growth and development. I could talk for days on that stuff. Um, but I think also, right, it's, it's respecting your personality. Um, you bring so many other things to the table. Uh, remember when we did a few years ago, we did the uh, Clifton Strengths Challenge? Yep. Um, not the challenge, the test. The, it, yes, which is I love those, Clifton Strengths. For those who aren't familiar with it, it is um, a, a framework essentially for leadership skills for different folks. And you can take these quizzes and it's sort of at the end of this quiz, it will give you a report about this is what you're really good at based on these results. And you know what my number one thing is? I'm a learner, right? Knowledge. Yeah. So, right. It just It's just how I'm wired. It's just who I am. Yeah. Do I'm going to have to dig up my T-shirts. Remember, yes. like we we make T-shirts for it with all of our strengths on, on there. Um, and I think my primary one was that um, I think I'm like the visionary, um, which is so suited about me. And this goes back to the, the some of the points that you made at, at the beginning of why you started your business, because it was good for you. And I think that's really kind of one of those really important things is that we all kind of come to this life of being an entrepreneur, a business owner, a parent or whatever, for so many vastly different reasons, but staying authentic to your goals, your dreams, what, you know, gets you out of bed every day, what really kind of drives you, what your passions are, is really kind of important. And to not let other people influence your business decisions and your personal decisions so much that you're you're not living your authentic best life. And so there had to have been 
um, influential moments. And I know that I've pressed you about like, oh, Martha, we need to do this because, you know, I'm always coming up with new initiatives, new ideas. And for me, my challenge is to kind of really kind of contain that and and put some reins on it and, and stay focused sometimes on things. Um, but I've pressured you and I know that there probably have other been people too, spouses, family members, your children. Oh my God, the mommy guilt alone about, you know, making changes. Uh, how have you been able like to manage that challenge of being authentic, strategic and intentional when there's so many other external factors that kind of, you know, impact all of that? It isn't easy, you know, uh, yeah. you, with the best laid intentions. It, it is a daily intentional choice. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I have this cra crazy morning routine that I've been doing for about five years now, probably, probably around the same time. Actually, probably yeah. even before I started my business, I think I was doing this where I am setting my intentions. I am actively thinking about it on a daily basis. Right. I think for me, keeping my life ordered in the way that's important to me allows me to be my authentic self. So whether it is, you know, if you believe in a higher power for me, it's God first and then my spouse and then my family and then my friends. Right. And then work. Um, and it doesn't mean that work never is the top priority of the day. It just means I'm doing that check in on a daily basis. It is a this is who I am. This is what I'm going to try to focus on. Right. I might write down one day, you know, if I'm going through each of those to keep them in order, I want to make sure I hug my kids every day, each one of them and tell them I love them. Right. Something like that, that just allows me to keep all the right things in the right order. It isn't easy, but I try to make it a daily intentional focus of mine to sort of stay on track. But going back to um, something that you said before, right, the I think one thing when you're asking me about starting my own business, one component that I skipped that I think is very important, I mentioned assessing your own skills and whether you think you'd be suited for it. The other piece that helps you get the courage to do it, frankly, is to find a mentor, right? For me, we've talked about this before. You were that mentor for me that really was just, you know, you had been, you know, you're finding somebody that's sort of a few years ahead of you that's done what it is that you want to do. So you can sort of look and say, well, I can see how it's done, right? Then you can sort of vision, you know, envision yourself doing the same thing. So I think we had numerous conversations mm -hmm. along the way where I was sort of dabbling in independent consulting and you were very encouraging and you were just, just do it, just go do it. Right. Like I, you, and I think having that friendship and that mentorship, somebody who is just a little further along than you are, who's done it was a huge, a huge yeah. jump in the right direction. So thank well, you. Well, I that. appreciate that. You're very welcome. Um, it's it's nice to always kind of come full circle on things and your journey is not done, which is fantastic, right? And I I actually plugged in with one of my one of my mentors this morning on things. She called me about some random topic and I said, you know, we really need to kind of circle back and and finish a conversation that we had because I really need to kind of pick this brain. I'm like, I really want to be like you, uh, you know, when I grow up. And so I, I have goals and I still have things that I kind of want to do, even though at, at the present moment, it's so much fun kind of doing what I'm doing because I, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be in the moment. I think the hardest thing, especially when you're in this business, is to kind of stay present. And a lot of things that what you said is really kind of what I equate to being present, being in the now. And I know that, you know, John, my husband has said this to me many times. We've gone through every evolution of 
I hate the fact that you have your own business too. This is fantastic that you have your business. You know, it's a love-hate relationship with spouses and children about your business. And that it's so much of me because we put so much of ourselves, you know, into this. But staying really grounded and having your family and especially your spouse to really kind of say, be present, be with me, be now. Um, and, and that was really, really difficult for me. That was one of the challenges that I have because I so enjoy being out there. I so enjoy what I do and that you have to realize that why am I doing this? Right. Am I doing this? Um, you know, obviously some of it is for self-fulfillment for, you know, like there are certain things that I need to do for myself that not only, you know, I am more than just a spouse. I am more than just a mom, that this is something that is for me. And, I think sometimes, especially women in particular, we feel very selfish when we do things for ourselves. Um, and and we we can't. Uh, we, we have to take moments. You know, you run and do other things um, for yourself. Me, I, I probably should run, should walk, should be more active. But me, I'm all about uh, a good glass of bourbon, binge watch a couple of reality TV shows, Um, you know, different things like that. That's kind of how like I unplug because I'm always so on the go. I'm always so engaged with other people. It's nice to just kind of be quiet and be with my own inner thoughts for a while, which is not, which is I think a place where it took me a while to get to that point though. Sure. And so let me ask you a question. So when were there times where you were traveling so much where your spouse brought it to your attention, you're like reevaluating and sort of like, okay, you know, that makes sense. I'm going to kind of course correct. Yeah. You know, it's never when I travel and I think it's because, and I don't know if it's like this with you guys, but when I travel, Henry has a very different relationship with John. And so I think it's a good thing for me to kind of extract myself so that they know how to operate without me. Right. Yes. I am the bane and and like of Henry's existence. Sometimes it's like, mommy is the blame for this. Right. I can't find this. Yeah, I can't buy this because mom did this or I, you know, like I had a mommy fail thing too. like, you know, while I was gone, um, apparently Henry couldn't find something for one of his games. And I was like, oh, God forbid, you know, he should not be as well equipped. Like he couldn't find his jersey or something for a game. And I was three time zones away from him at the present moment. But somehow I was going to be able to recall exactly where it was and why he didn't have it that that time. Um, and so it's not when I'm away. I think it's more when I'm home. And I think when you're home and you work for yourself, yeah. there's there's a difficulty of understanding that there's a boundary, that there's a line, there's an expectation that even though I'm physically present, I can't mentally always be present at that present moment. And so I think that's the that's probably the biggest challenge is when I'm close by and I'm really not close by. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, removed. Yeah, um, at that, that time, it makes sense. Well, I think yeah. to your point, right, I think that that is when I'm saying like on that daily basis, you're doing that check in because it's a course correction every day. Right. It's to say, hey, you may talk to your partner and you guys agree. Like for me, these are conversations that happen in my house all the time. I've got this new client. Here's what it would mean. Here's what it would look like for our family. Do we think this is a good idea? Those are regular conversations at our house. Right. Because I'm trying to keep everything ordered and. You know, there are times when, thankfully, my husband's a huge supporter and it's absolutely go do it. And he if he needs to cook the dinner, he will. If he needs to pick up the kids, he Uh will. You know, I think all of that. But I think, right, it's doing that check in and that constant reassessment of 
am I on the right path? So I might set goals on an annual base, basis, but then I'm reevaluating them all the time. Does this still yeah. make sense for our family? Does this yeah. still make sense today? Does, you know, continuing to the, grow the company and try to hit these goals make sense? So it's a constant check-in and reevaluation, but totally worth it. Yeah, so it's a delicate balance, right? It, again, we go back to balance. If one part of our life is out of balance, so is the, so is the other part. Um, and so I, I think in this, and you know me, I'm a huge techie, but in this world of high technology and everything moving at the speed of light and being able to do this and do that, um, you know, this, this whole fallacy of being able to like have it all and do it all. I, I don't buy it. I've never bought into that. Um, just because something does fall off. You, you can't keep all of this juggling, um, at a subhuman kind of level. So um, do you think it's a myth or a reality or is there a way for us to kind of like have it all? So I think it, it depends on how you define have it all, right? And I think that's as individual to each person as anything can be. Um, so I think in terms of having it all, if it means that I am sitting down and, and mapping out the life that I want and the goals I want to hit, yes, I do think that you can have it all. But no, you cannot be a full-time, and I'll go with what I think is the traditional definition of having it all. Do I think right. you can be, you know, an A-plus business owner and an A-plus spouse and an A-plus mom and an A-plus friend and an A-plus daughter, right? And an A-plus, whatever other hat you're wearing all at the same time, not a chance. No way. Um, but I think when you are looking at it holistically, again, for me, it's keeping everything in the right order. Right. So that might mean, um, you know, it might mean that something that's a higher priority for me gets a smaller you know, amount of my attention on a given day because something lower on the priority needs to be bumped up. But in that sense, I think there is a possibility to have it all. But you can't be A plus at all the things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Time. And yeah. And, and I think it, it all comes down to just really kind of like setting boundaries, um, boundaries with customers, boundaries with your family. Um, and I think that's something that we're all challenged with is establishing yeah. oh. respecting boundaries, both personally, professionally. And, you know, being a parent and a business owner, sometimes, you know, like often, uh, you know, we have to be very, very flexible sometimes but flexible to a certain extent to the point where we're still kind of intentional in what we do and authentic in what we do. And so I think flexibility is sometimes a term that can kind of morph into like different meetings at different stages and at different roles that we kind of play in our lives. So for some, it might mean, like you said, you know, like spending more time with your family or traveling or, you know, spending more time on you know, some like with me, like some big business initiative, because I don't do anything on a small scale. I got to go do things like, you know, on this dynamic, you know, giant scale. Um, but it it might translate into, you know, other liberties and flexibilities that you, you know, that are unique to you. So can you kind of share um, some of your like evolving definitions and experience with flexibility, um, you know, as your family has grown. It is growing no more. So I'm just going to put that out there just in case the viewers are like, no, we're, 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 we're tapping out of five here. But as your company kind of grows, because I know you want to grow your business into, a, you know, a different world. 
also um, how do you establish and maintain those boundaries and how do you define that flexibility? Well, it is, to your point, it's not an easy thing to do. And it's a lesson still, as a woman in my 40s, I'm still learning. Um, I, however, a lesson that I'm learning right now, I'm in a season of life right now where I'm working more, more than I have been before. Um, again, intentionally chosen, right? Working through all the goals that we have in my life for myself, for my company, for my family, um, all of those things. I'm just in a phase where the past year, it's been a lot more work. So to your point, though, uh, with certain clients, when you're not putting up boundaries and you're not necessarily staying true to your vision and your path, here's what I found. You end up unhappy, not liking the work that you're doing, uh, whether it's because someone has kind of guilted you into that or because you've known them a long time. You really want to help out, even though it doesn't align with where you want to go which is, you know, right, you want to help people out. You want to be doing the right thing and being flexible. Sure, give me a call, you know. So flexibility is important. But when you get that call out of the blue and you really can't take on this initiative or this work, being able to put that boundary up and saying, yeah, now's not a really good time, but I know somebody else who can help you and providing that referral. Um, I think that that is really important and from the boundary perspective because I definitely have taken on work and accepted work and working with you know my staff and my folks where I my heart wasn't in it and it showed and it just really impacted yeah. um my enjoyment of the work that I was doing yeah and unfortunately I've been on the receiving end of your nose um a few times <laughs> and but at the end of the day though I truly value that honesty and that candor. And I think that's one of the two traits that you and I share is that we're always going to be very honest with you and candid, regardless of whether or not you want to hear it, but it's the best and the right thing to say, you know, like at that time. And so there's a subtle yet like potent power to like saying no, which many of us learn kind of a hard way, especially when we're empathetic entrepreneurs and parents like, like you and I. However, you know, as mom and as a parent, it's it's really easy sometimes, I think, to say no. Um, I, you know, every once in a while, like, yeah. I'll be, I'll be like, it depends. And so when Henry hears the, it depends, he's like, that's a no, isn't it? I was like, it depends. And no disguise is a maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but, you know, let's kind of dive a little deeper into like the the boundaries and mastering the art of, of no. Um because saying it can really be kind of liberating. And I think at the end of the day, um, customers really respect that. But sometimes no doesn't mean no. No might mean go somewhere else or consider something else. And so there's always kind of, I always try to find that silver lining when I say no, that it's like, no, we shouldn't do this or no, we can't do this or no, I'm not. However, you know, there's another alternative to it. So how do you weigh the different opportunities that come to you when they when they, you know, don't align? Um, and have you really kind of developed that unique way of saying, you know, of saying no? I would say and I'm going to back up just a minute to, to touch on your question earlier about flexibility and then go into that. Right. So sort of my process in thinking through all of these things. Right? I set goals for the year and then I'm taking on new work or growing in alignment with those goals. However, right, as I mentioned, reassessing that routinely allows you to remain flexible. So to your point, if opportunities come up, 
I can then take that in and say, well, these are my goals. This doesn't exactly fit, but here's why that could make sense. Um, mm -hmm. So I took out a job right now that uh, I hadn't planned for necessarily, but I have a, a, a nonprofit that is on my list of things that I want to start here in the short term. So that is in my mind and where my, my path is headed, which I'm very excited about. And an opportunity presented itself so that I could take on a client um, to do this work for them that really has sort of stretched me. So it's allowed me to learn more about that space that I want to head into. I didn't plan for it. I didn't see it coming, but I remained flexible and said, yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense for me right now. Think of all these great opportunities. Again, being flexible took the job, but now what does it mean? It means right now I'm working more, as I mentioned earlier, than maybe mm -hmm. I had been or had intended to at this particular juncture in my life. But again, assessing, looking at your goals, being flexible, adjusting, saying yes to that opportunity. Now, it's been a great opportunity for me, but it also means, to your point, now I'm getting some calls about some other work. My team is mostly maxed out right now, and I'm having that great discussion of, hmm, is now a growth period for me, right? You know, so yes. is it, can I, can I put all my attention on these things that are my goals and grow right now? And, and, you know, maybe the answer right now is not yet, right? Not right. yet. So no, not right this second. Let's reevaluate and reassess maybe in two or three months. But yeah, trying to say no and put up boundaries in the business world, it's tricky, especially when it's somebody you've known for 15 years who calls you up and they're like, you're the best person I know for this. I really need you. And right. to just, you know, I always try to find somebody on my team. We always try to juggle and make sure we can accommodate it. However, it doesn't always work. And I think one of the most awesome things about that, though, and something I know that you can relate to, is you find this network of really amazing people when you jump into this entrepreneurial mm -hmm. world. At least that's been my experience. And I think that that is, quite honestly, one of the best hidden blessings out of this whole experience in the first place are just the amazing people that you meet, right? The the um, just people in all areas of expertise, they might even do the same thing that you do, similar you know, work. But what I found is there's enough work out there for everyone. Everyone, if you're good at what your job, good at your job and good at what you do, there's enough work. So I don't have to do all the pieces. If, if it doesn't make sense or align with my goals right now, I can say no and say, mm -hmm. but I know this really other amazing person that can, you know, or company that can fill in for this gap. And right, you've been on, we've done this yes. where I can't take this right now. I'm going to refer you to them and, and vice versa. And it just creates this beautiful ecosystem that I, I never would have known existed if I hadn't taken the leap and jumped into entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, I, I love my people. Um, my peeps, as I like to call them. So yes. uh, absolutely, there's, you, you need a good network out there. Um, so, you know, Closing out our, our conversation here, this has been so fantastic. But, you know, being a boy mom, I am a huge superhero fan. Um, and so I got like, I've got a couple like questions for you. So if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh. And if Any? you can tie it to an actual like superhero, like you get bonus points for that too. Okay, well, I'll tell you, because I did do, so I'm part of the National Contract Management Association, yep. NCMA, and last year I spoke at one of their conferences in the leadership develop, um, chapter leaders uh, pre-conference conference, and they had us choose a superhero and a superpower, and this one really resonated with me. 
that would apply in your business life, right? So I'll okay. go there with because while I think flying would be super cool, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think it, I don't know how practical it would be. You know, I can't put five kids on my back and you know go fly off somewhere. Um, I I love the one of um, have you seen Encanto? Yes. So the the cousin Dolores from Encanto, she's the one this with the super listening skills. Okay. Oh, that one for me as right a mom of a lot of teenagers right now, and as a business owner, right, just that yes. ability to listen and listen well and to hear people. Um, I think that is such a, an important superpower. You know, frankly, but flying is cool. But I think I'd go with that. Yeah. How about you? So I don't think Dolores is an actual superhero, but that is a superhero power. Superpower. Um, yes. Yes. So, uh. You know, I think it depends on like the day and what challenges I'm currently facing. But I think I want to be Doctor Strange right now. So Doctor Strange is really kind of cool, right? He's got okay, like he's a couple cool. of He's my favorite of all the Marvel movies, right? I like Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, he's a little quirky. He's got a little bit of a dry sense of humor. So I, I think I, I'm going to I'm going to pick Dr. Strange. That's kind of I'm feeling a Dr. Strange kind of way right now. So, OK, but why? What is it about him? Um, I, I I think it's just the the him to be able to kind of like travel to different inventions and to kind of see things because I see and plan things in a three dimensional kind of way. So uh -huh. I'm always kind of looking at things from like a chessboard. If okay. I do this, then this impacts this. But if I go back and tweak this and do it this way, then that would, you know, be able to help me succeed here. Um, and so I think that's the reason why what we do at Intellect really well is we work on those very big strategic type of efforts where there's a lot of moving parts. There might be politics involved. There might be, you know, uh, it might be 90 percent of your revenue. And so there's like that anxiety of all of that. So being that counselor, being that strategist, um, to me, that's, that's kind of what gets me really excited and passionate about. So that makes complete sense. Yeah, exactly. So like and if you were to tell your younger self or a, a new um, up and coming professional um, who wants to get into business or someone who's starting out um, their own company, like what one piece of advice would you give them? Oh, I there's think, so many. <laughs> yes. If I could only pick one. I mean, I could I could do like three steps, right? Like I think knowing yourself is so important in being honest, honestly assessing who you are, what your skills are and what you like doing. I, I mean, because I think so many of us end up down a path that we don't love that and that doesn't necessarily align with who we are, that when you can really whether it's through coaching, whether it's through, you know, just personal assessment, knowing who you are, what your skills at, and what are the things that bring you joy in your life, you know, and so that you can kind of set your life up to do those things, to do more of those things. I think you'll find success in your personal life and in your professional life, you know, exponentially. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, this was like a fantastic conversation. There's so many takeaways. And so I think some of the takeaways is, uh, the juggle is real, but also rewarding at the same time. Uh, being flexible uh, is kind of your shape-shifting type of ally. Embracing the no, I think, is my all-time favorite um, to this. Continuous evaluation and realignment, just to kind of stay relevant. 
But then being able to kind of morph not only your expertise into just kind of like being your authentic self, um, which I think is is really kind of difficult sometimes that we all kind of have challenges with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before well, it's all we sign and I would agree with all of it. Right. And so before we sign off, I'm going to play like a really quick round of rapid riff with you. Like I love to riff. Um, being scripted is something that I super hate. So if you ever want to, you know, cage me, just give me a script and say, you got to follow this script. So, but like, let's, let's riff off. Let's do a rapid riff off. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, just one, one or two words um, in response. And we'll just kind of like blow through this real quick. So what's your antidote for stress? Exercise. I knew that one. It's like we could play like the newlywed game. Like I'm gonna, I know the answers before you're going to say it. Uh, what's your thought when you wake up in the morning? Or better yet, what was your thought? What was your thought when you woke up this morning? Oh, crap. I have to do this podcast. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. But I'm like, right. I was telling you earlier how I was trying to prepare and read through in my house was utter chaos. I had kids over here playing chess, which you think would be a quiet game who are like screaming and wrestling each other. And then I've got my husband is playing uh, Alphabet Go Fish with my youngest. And they're like laughing hysterically. My 15 year old daughter's in there messing with the kids playing chess. So I did not get to prepare as much as I uh, would have liked to because that's my reality. So that that was my thought when I woke up this morning. I think that was more than one or two words, but I will allow Sorry. it. How about oh crap? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and I already know this one, but you know, are you a morning person or a night owl like me? Morning person. Don't you should get, try I, you the know, dark side every once in a while. Try it every once nope. in a while. They literally can't stay awake. So in our house, the arrangement is this. I will drive any kid anywhere. Right. And I've got in three the teenagers. Now. I will drive them early uh, up until like nine o'clock. And after that, I'm like, you got to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm out. So yeah, no, not a night person at but, all. That's funny. Yeah. In our house, it's the same way. So John's got the early morning football practice. He's got the early morning tutoring sessions. I'm like, I have no idea what 8 a.m. looks like, nor do I really care to find out what 8 a.m. looks like. Uh, oh, I'm I'll like let 5 a.m. Yeah, no, like, I know. You've seen like emails from me as you're waking up um, that I had just sent to you before I went to bed. So don't expect a prompt response like, from me. 2 a.m. And I know you haven't gone to bed yet. Yeah, no. So what was, and I know you don't do those very often, but what was the last TV show that you watched? I don't watch a lot of TV. Let's see. I am late catching up on Only Murders in the Building and Ted Lasso. Oh, Only Murders in the Building. That is a Hedanta show. I have not seen the, like this new season yet. So no spoilers. I think no I'm spoilers. only on, I think I'm on season two. I'm behind. Okay. So you'll have to catch up. I won't ruin it for you. Um, and... I know that we talked about this during the pandemic uh, and I want to see whether or not it's the same answer that you're going to give me this time. But what city would you live in if you left Virginia? I think I'd go to Colorado, somewhere in the mountains. I think. I knew it. I, <laughs> yes, because I talked about moving to a ski resort for the year. I was like, yes. I can't stay here if all the schools are shut down. We're going somewhere else. But then, yeah, it worked out. I didn't have to move. Yes, yes. No. So, well, anyways, where would, you live? where would I live? I'm living it right now. So, you know, being an expat for the last year and a half, I am truly a Texan. 
I have come to realize right. that my heart is here. Um, the people in Texas are my people. Uh, I am at more relaxed. I enjoy life a whole lot more. I don't know if it's because Henry's older or if it's because the weather's warmer. I'm always in a t-shirt, flip-flops and shorts. So like that is my everyday life. So um, oh, I, I think awesome. I'm actually where I need to be. That's fantastic. Well, we miss you here, but I'm glad you're happy there. Yes, I miss everyone too. So this has been fun, so informative. We've wandered through so many like intricate lanes of entrepreneurship, parenting, um, unearthing treasures hidden in our challenges. We've shared some funny stories and insightful stories. I want to express a huge heartfelt thanks to you, Martha, for um, generously spilling the beans on your journey and your passion. And there's no doubt that I know our listeners have pocketed a few nuggets of treasure to kind of ponder on from today's chat. But our conversation isn't merely like a cascade of tales. It's like a crafting of community, like you said. Um, it's a journey where, you know, where each parent, entrepreneur, and everyone can kind of look in the mirror and reflect our own journeys and victories and a lot of these hurdles um, and discussions that we've had today. So cheers to the chaos, unplanned joys, and to those silent, cherished victories that we cheer in our hearts and, and on LinkedIn. Um, but channeling the spirit of Helen Reddy, uh, remember, we're strong, we're invincible, and we're women juggling and navigating sometimes precariously trottering through the tightrope of life and business. And isn't it a splendid spectacle when it's unforeseen trips and agile recoveries? So that's a wrap, folks. Keep sharing, sipping, and strategizing. And remember, the secret ingredient is genuine connections and a glass of bourbon infused with a generous splash of wit. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up this episode of the Optimize Podcast. A big shout out to our amazing host, Ton Wilson, and our guest, Martha Ellison. Optimize is brought to you by Visible Thread, the language analysis platform that helps you improve the efficiency and compliance of RFPs, contracts, and mission-critical business writing. Using VT Writer and VT Docs can be game-changing for efficiency and compliance in your documents. For more information, visit visiblethread.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you are listening. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions on the Optimize podcast. Until next time, thanks for joining us.